Welcome to the Financially Intelligent Physicians Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. David Norris, and together we will be discussing what they didn't, or rather oftentimes, won't teach you in medical school or residency. Now, my mission and purpose is to help you develop the practice you desire through business education. And over the course of these podcasts, we're going to cover topics such as leadership, financial intelligence, patient satisfaction, process improvement, negotiations, and many more. Today, we're going to talk about how to keep yourself safe in any negotiation. Now, now a safe decision-making is essential for any negotiation. And uh, the, the outco- if the outcome is to be meaningful and profitable for you, you must make solid decisions for your teams, for yourself, and for the adversary. Unfortunately, sometimes we get into trouble when we get emotional and flustered, angry, etc., and then we begin to make poor decisions. And when we do that we can get into some serious trouble. So why do we get into trouble when we negotiate? Well, the first the first step or the first problem we face is our mindset um, and the type of mindset we hold when we walk into a negotiation. And so the first step towards good decision-making in any negotiation is making certain that we have the proper mindset. Why is this important? Well, your mindset uh, is incredibly important because uh, it controls your actions. You see, your mindset is how you think and feel about any person, place, thing, or event. And the reason why that's important is because your mindset, the way you think and feel, dictate your actions and behaviors. So if we can control our thoughts and emotions at the negotiating table, we will control our actions. All right. And the... Uh, the most important thing and the thing that's really fundamental to successful negotiations is your mindset and working on developing what we call a growth mindset when you're negotiating uh, is going to lead you uh, to help you go a long ways towards avoiding displaying any sort of fear or neediness or other emotions that hurt your position at the negotiating table when you feel uh, when you don't feel fear uh, at the negotiating table, your your decision-making processes and the way you uh, interpret information becomes much clearer and safer for you. Then the next thing we got to want to do when we walk into a negotiation is we want to walk in without having any assumptions or expectations. And, and these two stumbling block, blocks come from what we call <clears throat> the fixed mindset. Um, and the fixed mindset is one where you believe that you have all the answers Okay, and you know exactly how the negotiation is going to proceed. Um, and, and when we walk into a negotiation with assumptions and they lead to expectations and those expectations serve as mile markers for our progress. Um, and when things don't go according to the way we think they should go, we begin to have and think in such a way um, that... Uh, you know, we begin to question what the other side's doing. Um, maybe we might get fearful and think we're going to lose the deal. And then when we get fearful because we think we're going to lose the deal because it's not following our assumptions and expectations, we begin to act in neediness and uh, we can, you know, give away the farm. Um, but when you walk in without any expectations, without any assumptions, um, those feelings of neediness are held at bay um, and you you are better able to display calmness and collectiveness as you negotiate 
Um, so it's real important to remember that every action we take is preceded by a thought or a feeling, no matter the action we take. Okay. Um, we always experience an emotion or a thought before we take action. Um, so if we can control our thoughts, we can control the way we feel, we'll be able to control our behaviors and more importantly, our decision-making processes. So how do you keep yourself safe in a negotiation? Uh, what's the one of the best ways I've found um, to help you control your mindset, to control the way you think and feel? And well, you know, in that way is by the use of preparing for every negotiation with uh, with the aid of a checklist. You know, as as, as a pilot, um, I've learned to rely on the importance of checklist before I prepare for a flight or for in-flight emergencies. Um, as an anesthesiologist, I run a checklist every day on my machines before I put patients to sleep, you know. And, you know, when I was very young as a physician, you know, intern year, I relied on checklists to ensure I was ready for uh, the any bad event that might happen that I might get called to and that I could perform safely and provide the best result possible, you know. So using a checklist is going to provide... Uh, provide you invaluable guidance in your decision making as you negotiate. And there are, there are three main reasons I think that's happened happens. Number one, checklists provide guidance. You know, I can remember going in my first Code Blue as an intern when I was fresh out of training. You know, I was still quite nervous. I was only two weeks out. And um, this wasn't some practice event. It was a real deal. You know, the patient's heart had stopped beating and, and uh, the Code Blue was called. And to help me guide me through that stressful situation, I used the checklist they provided during my ACLS training. And what it did was it helped keep me focused and helped me through the decision-making process and ultimately save the patient. In a negotiation, when we use a checklist to prepare or help us in that negotiation, it provides that same guidance in our decision-making. Uh, number two is that checklists provide safety. You know, before I embark on any flight in my plane, I run through the same checklist every time. I don't skip a step, but work through each item on the checklist methodically. Now, I have the checklist memorized, but it's still re referred to the written list. Why? Because I don't want to. I don't want to fall out of the sky. I don't want an engine to stop when I'm in flight. When we negotiate, if we use a, a checklist before we walk into that event, that negotiation event, it's going to help us remind us of the important issues at hand and help refocus our attention on the proper priorities of the negotiation. And then, then number three, checklists help you stay calm and craft a plan. In aviation, there are emergency checklists outlining tasks and decision to be made in a crisis. In, in medicine, I use similar checklists uh, in, in the same way, whether it's ACLS or maybe a malignant hyperthermia event. I run through those checklists in those events. Running these checklists are going to help you uh, remain calm in those stressful situations and guide you towards crafting a plan for success and a positive outcome. You know, if, if you haven't seen the movie solely, you know, uh, you know Watch it because what you're going to see is a great example of them using a checklist in a stressful situation in that cockpit. Watch their emotions and how the crew made decisions in that uh, stressful situation. You know, that is the real power of checklists. If you'd like to learn more about how I use a system and checklist to guide my negotiations, just visit my website, www.davidnorrismdmba.com.
I'm very happy you decided to invest in yourself today. It's the best investment you're ever going to make. Thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, please share them with your friends and colleagues and be sure to check out my books at Barnes & Noble and Amazon, as well as my online courses. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.